Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, everyone. It's been nearly a year since my last episode of Women of My Generation. It was supposed to be a summer break, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't have the energy to juggle a lockdown and a podcast. On social media, you might have seen people being really productive the past year. Personally, I lacked inspiration and creativity to release something new. And frankly, recording episodes over Skype was not the same. With that said, as lockdown has lifted, I'm very excited to have meaningful conversations again and share the stories of many wise women with you. For those of you who are new to women in my generation, it all started as a photo project questioning beauty standards by showing diversity. I was invited to women's houses and took photos of them in their bedrooms, wearing whatever underwear they felt comfortable in. I realised quickly that this was more than a visual project. It was just as much about the conversations. I realised how similar women's experiences are in terms of our relationship with our bodies, but how stigmatised it still is to have honest conversations about it. Therefore, I want to provide this safe space for open conversations. Today, I'm revisiting Alice Dunbar, She was my first ever guest in Women of My Generation. Last time we spoke about her journey from a diet blogger to body confidence advocate. Today, we speak about her incredible success on social media and how she uses her platform to continue to raise awareness of the toxic diet culture we live in. She will give her best tips on how to avoid being indoctrinated into these messages and what she has learned during the past years. I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. And if you do, please share it with people who need a helping hand in this confusing society. The music you're about to hear is by my wonderful friend Tilda Ali. You can find her music on Spotify and enjoy her visuals and freestyle sessions on Instagram under Tilda Ali. My name is Fanny Beckman and this is Women in My Generation.
Hello, Alice. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> this is so weird and so nice. Mm-hmm. How are you today? Yeah, I'm really good, actually. Thank you. I'm mm-hmm. feeling, yeah, I went out and saw a few of my friends last night for a couple of drinks, and I feel like it's put me in a really good mood today. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. Still sort of getting used to it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, it still feels a bit surreal that we can go out. And it meet feels people. very naughty. I mm-hmm. feel like I shouldn't be doing it, but I am doing it as much as possible. So yeah, yeah. Fine. I feel <laughs> we were just talking about how much has changed since we recorded our first episode, which was, um, well, it was actually back in December, November yeah. 2019. And yeah, it's crazy. Obviously, we've had a pandemic and. Um, it's just so bizarre thinking back how it was before yeah. all of this. Well, I was just saying that I actually listened to my episode um, this morning mm-hmm. to kind of just, you know, remind myself because I hadn't listened to it since it came out, basically. And I just, well, first of all, I feel like recording that um, podcast was kind of like, because the questions that you asked me, uh, that they made me sort of look in on myself and really think about sort of my journey and my relationship with my body and diet culture and stuff and I sort of I had a lot of realizations even just through recording that podcast but now I listen back and I can hear myself like being quite unsure of lots of things whereas now I'm like I know the answer to that question I could you know I just I feel like the past year I've done a lot of kind of self-reflection like learning to understand like the way that my brain works and like my relationship with food and like my body like I said and where it's all come from and I kind of know the answers now whereas before I hadn't even considered the questions if you see what I mean yeah I mean that's one thing like kind of positive thing I suppose with lockdown as well we've had a lot of time to reflect on things yeah which can be both positive and negative. I was gonna say yeah I mean a lot of time to think but also a lot of time to overthink I think you know 100% um but yeah you, you just mentioned that you've done lo- loads of reflection on yourself and you've done it quite like publicly as well very, very publicly yeah mm. so I so the last time that we recorded uh well the last episode of the podcast I was, I think, I mean, follower follower account is not like the be all and end all, but it's kind of, I think, the best way to sort of describe how things have changed for me anyway. Um, so the last time I had been stuck, stuck at around like three and a half thousand followers on Instagram for about a good like two years, maybe even three, I don't know. Um, and I... It was just kind of like I post, I was posting about like body image and stuff like that, but still posting about lots of different things and not really being 100% sure of my voice. And then I basically just before lockdown, I decided that I just wanted to blog about body image and mental health and uh, like anti-diet stuff because that that was my passion. And I was like, you you know, I really, really want to like put that message out there. So I decided to stop posting about most other things like I still you know do a little bit here and there because I think it's nice to sort of get to know a person as they are even if they have sort of one specific topic that they talk about um but yeah I've I've essentially just gone down that route and really put my all into it and now so then my goal was to reach 5,000 and I did that and then within a month I reached 
10,000, which was my like, I never imagined that I would like get to that stage because you get a swipe up link on Instagram when you get to 10,000. Oh, that's wow. all I wanted. Big moment. I was like, I just want to be able to swipe up to things and then I'll feel like I've accomplished everything. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then after that, it's just kind of kept on growing. I stopped, once I got to 10K, I was like, oh, do you know what? Like, this is all I ever wanted. So I'll just sort of chill out a bit. Um, but it still kept growing and now I've just sort of, got past 20k and I don't know it's just it's just really weird because it's just all happened quite quickly mm-hmm. and I didn't expect it and I yeah if you'd gone back to the me that recorded the last episode of the podcast she would not believe you like at all mm-hmm. and so yeah things have changed a lot basically yeah, right. <laughs> and I remember you said um back then that your blog and your Instagram was a bit of everything you yeah just, uh, blogged about whatever you fancied but now it's a lot more niche. yeah I just think that I realized that that not only did I feel really passionately about helping other people but I felt I feel like I realized that I had a lot of work still to do myself so I was like well what better way than to channel my energy into that and really challenge myself because I think I probably mentioned this on the last episode of the podcast, but the thing that really kind of kicked off my like body confidence journey was when you came and did did the photo shoot with me and I did I you know took pictures of me in my underwear, sat on my bed, and that was terrifying to me, like literally terrifying. But I did it and then I posted it publicly and the effect that that had was like massive on my confidence and I was like, oh my god, I need to start doing stuff like that more and pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And I never felt comfortable, because what I always wanted to do then was take my own pictures like that, you know? But I didn't feel comfortable enough to do it. And then when we went into lockdown, I was like, well, I'm gonna be at home all the time. Why not try and see if that's something that I can do? And then I did it. So it's almost been like I've been documenting my body confidence journey, which has just grown and grown and grown over this year. Mm. Um, And now I'm sort of in a position where people then come to me for advice and I can give it with quite, with conviction because I've been there, I've done it, I'm still doing it. It's obviously always a journey, but um, but yeah, and it's just been wild, I would say. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear about the, the effect that the photo shoot had on you. Yeah, really. genuinely, like, that is 100% the catalyst for mm. me doing what I do today because I don't think I ever would have decided to post a picture of myself in my underwear without you asking, oh, you know, offering to include me in your project. Mm. I would never have done it. So... Wow. Yeah. Well, that's Thank all you very I much. want. Really, really <laughs> project. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have to think about like the number of people that tell me all the time how much of an effect my kind of content and my account has on them. And actually, that's directly come from you because mm. you had the effect on me. So, you should feel really good about yourself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Genuinely. Well, that means a lot to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but for anyone who's not familiar with your Instagram or blog, could you just describe what kind of content you put out there now? Yeah. So, I. I, um, my kind of, I have a tagline. <laughs> my tagline is uh, ex-diet blogger on a body confidence journey. So mm-hmm. the last, uh, in the last episode, we talked about how I actually started off my blogging life as 
uh, a weight loss blogger and then I sort of had a revelation after a couple of years didn't took me a while um <laughs> and then started uh blogging about the exact op- opposite so like body confidence stuff um so yeah so I blog I blog about sort of things relating to that so I talk about like my experience with Slimming World which is um that's the diet that I did um I talk about uh like fashion for size well I'm a size 16 so I post sort of fashion content as well um I talk about like I give body confidence tips I do like how to's I do I, I film like fun reels and like videos mm. um so my favorite thing to do, to do is to film myself getting ready so starting off in like my underwear and then like I always dance around to like a like noughties nostalgic <laughs> yes. song of some kind mm. um and yeah, I hope like it's a lot of fun. Like I liked like everything that I own basically is all pastel colours. So uh, I I have like a little aesthetic going on, which is nice. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. I, that's I mean I I do post about quite a lot of different things. I try and sort of talk about my experience, but I also then do kind of um, you know like like I said, kind of how tos and things like that to impart a bit of wisdom on other people. Um, and I also talk a lot about, cause I was, um, I was seen as well overweight in quote marks as a child and the fat phobia that I experienced as a child had a huge effect on my childhood in general. And then also has continued to have an effect on me as an adult. And I found that whenever I posted about that stuff, people were like, I would get people messaging me like, oh my God, like you have just put into words like what I have felt my entire life and I didn't even know I was feeling it like you like people really felt heard because I think there's not I mean maybe there's more now but I think for a really long time there hasn't really been a lot of you know there's been reports and stuff into how awful the childhood obesity epidemic Mm. is blah 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 but there has never really been a lot of uh work done on what that fat phobia and that's that you know that the effect of being so terrified of this obesity epidemic or whatever has on the children who are going through that mm. and then how it affects them and how it makes them view themselves, their bodies, you know, their self-worth and stuff and then how that affects them going into adulthood. Um, and to me, I think that basically children like that who are taught to fear their bodies often grow up into adults who fear their bodies and therefore they are the adults that then impart that fear onto their children so it's like a chain and I really would like to break that chain that is my that is my aim so I talk about that a lot as well Mm. Um, and yeah there's all sorts of kind of pillars that come off uh, come off what I but I I just love it Mm. I really feel so passionate about it and I feel like I've sort of found my space in the on the internet and I feel just really like positive about what's gonna come next whatever that happens to be I have no idea (laughs) yeah well I think it's really important what you raise now with um you know projecting eating disorders onto children because that's something that I've learned a lot throughout this project yeah people I take photos of but also in previous episodes that's so common and I didn't know how common that was because it's so stigmatized to talk about it is but it's all I mean I think it's really important to note that I don't ever blame the people who did who do that because it's not their fault they have been the product of someone else's 
sort of diet culture issues and fat phobia and stuff and then the same with them so it's you know nobody does it on purpose Uh, I mean maybe some people do I don't know but (laughs) I would say that like 99.9% of Mm. people are doing it out of love Mm. and because you know they they would see you know if their child put on weight they would immediately see that as something absolutely terrible and to be scared of and they would then instill instill that fear in the child rather than maybe taking a step back and being like okay well you know children's bodies do change over time like you know maybe we should be looking at other things and finding out if there's a reason why this change has happened and I think one of the things that I always say is that I think we should be treating children who have put on a bit of weight in quite a short space of time the same way that we treat a child if they suddenly lost a lot of weight in the same in a small space of time you know you'd be very tactful you'd be very careful you'd be thinking you know what's going on like what has caused this you know checking on their mental health and stuff rather than being like you need to eat as much as possible to make sure that you get back to that size which is you know that's essentially what what uh, what we do Mm. at the moment is that we you know we see a weight gain and we think right well we need to sort their eating out rather than being like maybe we should see what's going on here or complimenting people who lose weight yeah yeah well yeah that's that's a whole other thing you know like um and i talk about that quite a lot as well that often gets met with quite a lot of backlash because is I understand it's a difficult so basically what I'm talking about is the notion that I believe that you should not uh compliment people on their weight loss because you know I I think that even when somebody well first of all people often do not want to you know they didn't lose the weight on purpose and it could be through like an eating disorder you could be complimenting someone who's been diagnosed with cancer even you know you could be stress stress depression like not having enough money to feed themselves Mm -hmm. um you know there's all sorts of reasons why people lose weight and it's not necessarily um purposeful and then even if it is purposeful so talking as somebody who lost a lot of weight doing slimming world and received a lot of compliments for it um, I, again, I don't blame the people who gave me the compliments because they knew that I was trying to lose weight and were just being nice. But when I then put the weight back on, which inevitably, you know, 95% of diets fail <laughs> and most people end up putting on even more weight than they lost originally because your body recovers from starvation by being really hungry and craving high fat, high sugar, whatever foods. So you're more likely to eat those things. That's just how it works. That's biology. So then when you inevitably put on weight after you've sort of lost loads and been complimented and told you look amazing, then you sort of think, oh, all those people, you know, now probably think, A, I failed. B, I look terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and your self-worth just goes down. And that that happened to me. Again, not those people's fault because they didn't no and I at the time enjoyed the compliments it was just afterwards that I felt the effects of those so Mm. I would say avoiding anything to do with image really like you know 
I, I think like complimenting, I like to sort of compliment someone's like outfit and stuff yes. like that. And that's great. But I think it's even nicer if you can compliment people by saying like, oh, you're like, I really, I always look forward to look to spending time with you whenever I know I'm going to see you, I get so excited. Mm. Or like, you're such a like supportive friend, I can go to you for anything. Or like, I love your smile, that like, you light up the room, da da da. There's mm-hmm. so many nice things that you can say about someone yeah. that are so much more like, I don't know. I think they mean so much more than just saying like, "Oh, you look really skinny." Mm, love yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Like yeah. whatever. What that's... are you going to do with that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Mm. So that's. I hopefully that gives a little bit of an overview on my like what I like to talk about. But there's all sorts there. Mm. So you know, go and have a look. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's really important that we say this because so many people aren't aware of the effect of those kind of. Uh, compliments Mm -hmm. uh, or um, comments do but I want to uh, talk a bit more you said like you have a bit of a backlash when you talk about this and um, I was wondering if you feel pressured to post on social media because obviously you have a full-time job apart from this and um, it seems to be a very positive atmosphere in general Mm -hmm. on your account and you've mentioned now that you've had messages from various people thanking you yeah Um, but when you do get negative comments how do you tackle that yeah I mean I I do get negative I don't get loads I I I've got more since my account has grown like naturally and what tends to happen is that like quite a lot of like fairly often I'll do a post and then some of them will just go like not viral that's you know that's a big word but like they do really well so for example one of my videos that I made which annoyingly was one that I didn't really put a lot of thought into and like I wasn't like overly happy with at the end but it did really well and it's been seen now by like more than half a million people Mm. which is crazy like let's not even go there (laughs) Um, but uh but yeah so that's been it was seen by loads and loads of people and what happens is Instagram uh, sort of can tell when your when your um, audience are really loving a post, they start to put it out to other people that don't follow you, yeah. which is great because it means that you get new people finding you, but you get people who love your content and want to follow you finding you, and then you also get people who don't agree with you or trolls or people who, you know, for whatever reason, decide to leave hateful comments, um, which... Yeah, I mean, they used to, they did used to get to me, I can't lie. Like, it was definitely a bit of a learning curve. And, you know, I mean, nobody's going to enjoy all of a sudden having, especially especially when I, I was very used to living in my little bubble where, like, you know, I wasn't growing very much. My followers were really, like, engaged and really, like, lovely people. But then all of a sudden you open yourself up to this whole world of yeah. like new people who some of you, uh, you know, what I say is quite, to some people is quite out there. Mm. So you're going to get people who don't agree. And I struggled to begin with, but I, now I just, I mean, I don't think there's anything that anyone could say that would really, really bother me because number one, my like self-confidence has massively grown over the past year um, my skin has definitely got thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, for every one negative comments, I get literally hundreds of positive ones. So I just, as much as possible, I try and focus on those. Mm. Um, and I do respond to the negative comments. Not always. Sometimes I delete them because I'm like, can't be asked. But mm-hmm. I, I do like to respond to them. Either to show them, you know, if it's just someone being like, you know, putting a pig face or whatever. Mm. I like 
I just like to sort of wind them up a bit. Or if it's somebody who's just ignorant, but, you know, I feel like could potentially you could have like a conversation with them. I try to go back and like educate in a way, not necessarily even for the benefit of the person who left the comment, because most of the time I'm like, well, if you sort of disagree enough to leave a comment, you're probably not going to change, I'm not going to change your mind. But it's more for the people who might be reading that that thread. Oh, yeah. Because what I hate is the idea of somebody, you know, going to one of my videos and feeling really empowered by the content that they watch and then reading the comments and reading something, you know, negative and just it completely being eradicated, you know? Um, so I try and respond to those mm. or delete them. I don't really, I try not to just leave them there because mm-hmm. I, that's, you know, exactly what I don't want. Um, is for them to get to other people because mm. it's one thing, like I'm used to it, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm really glad to hear that you're kind of coping with them all right because, but I also think it's important what you said that at least in the beginning, they kind of hurt you. Oh yeah, and, definitely. Because uh, I, I think a lot of people, especially women, just say, no, it's fine, I don't care. But then actually it yeah. does hurt. When and you, that, you know, there's, there's been times when like, even recently I'll read one and it catch me on a bad day and I'll like sob about it for a little bit. You know, and then I just, I, I, it's okay, like, get out of my system. And then mm. I remind myself of all those things I just mentioned and, you know, feel better. Ultimately, I know that I'm helping people. And ultimately, I know that, like, it, the work that I'm doing is important. So there's nothing that anyone could say that, that would make me sort of stop or, mm. you know. Yeah. Well, so I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> That's good. And also, like you mentioned several times, that this year has been pretty good for you in terms of your body image. Yeah. Um, but not everyone shares the no. same story in terms of like lockdown. I think it's been really hard um, having loads of, like I said, overthinking. And if you're already suffering from some kind of eating disorder, it's been horrible. Hundred uh, percent. Because like eating disorders is not just always about body, but also no. about taking control of yeah, the food. Yeah, exactly. And if you sort of feel like, I think a lot of people, myself included, have felt like the world has been completely out of your control. Um, exactly. And therefore, you look for control in other things. Yes. And I think that for me, I've thrown myself absolutely head head over heels into my Instagram account and all that stuff. And that's been a brilliant distraction this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I'm well aware that that is probably the reason why my I've managed to sort of, my body image improved this year, but I know that it could have gone a very different way. Completely opposite, yeah. You know, like my, I, I've talked like plenty of times before about like my disordered eating that I've experienced in the past and I've that's been both restriction and then when I was younger um like I've I've definitely sort of I don't think I ever had like binge eating disorder but I definitely had sort of uh elements of it Mm -hmm. that I struggled with so it could have gone either of those ways Mm. And especially, not just in terms of control, but fat phobia has been so real yeah. this year. Like, especially now we're coming out of lockdown and everyone's just like pushing themselves like, oh, new me, what yeah. am I going to look like after lockdown? It's, and it's just wild, isn't it? Because it's like, I just, in fact, I'm planning a, po- I'm, I'm planning a post on this because I think it's so important. Mm-hmm. Like, what is with our society and this obsession with returning to normal after you've gone through something huge? So like, you know, if you look at like people who've, given birth exactly or like you know just just you're just expected to like bounce back and 
like essentially have the same body from age 20 to age like 50 or whatever you're expected to look the same and you're expected to not show anything for what you've gone through and everything you've overcome including this pandemic so people are stressing Mm. about the fact that they are going to potentially look a bit different and also maybe think a bit differently and you know so much has changed Um, and I think we should be embracing that and you know uh, being proud of ourselves for what we've achieved yeah. and you know I just wish that like the media and well just like people in general were allowing that to happen a bit more um, you know I, there's, I definitely think there's there's a pressure mm. and there shouldn't be because we've had enough pressure putting on, exactly. on ourselves this year and I think if this year has taught us anything it should be that what we look like is so unimportant yeah. you know mm. Um yeah, and I, I completely agree. And I'm starting to think, like, I think we all have in some way to appreciate what we took for granted previously. Oh, my so, God, yeah. Like we said a bit just before, like, going out with friends, having nice meals. That's 100%. what we should value. And do you think that your friends and family have been like, oh, I miss their thigh gap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I could see that again. No, they no. all they care about and all anyone should care about is your brain and like what a wonderful person you are and the good things that you do and what you bring to their life they do not care what you look like you know that's just that's just a fact your friends are not your friends because you have a flat stomach no like not true yeah (laughs) you know so not true is that like something that your followers bring up with you like suffering from lockdown eating disorder oh yeah I mean yeah I get a lot it's a shame really because obviously when you grow when your account grows it's really hard to keep on top of all the messages that you get. So I am beginning at least to struggle quite a lot to to respond to everybody. And it breaks my heart a little bit because I get, I see that I get so many messages from people being like, I'm really struggling with this. Can you help me? Like, uh, you know, this person has made me feel like this. Like, you know, my family have said stuff or whatever. And basically just people asking for tailored advice, which I, I, I just can't I don't have the time to give but I do read all the messages and I try and rather than it responding individually to every single one which would take me like my entire life I um I use it to inform my content so mm-hmm. I try to like look at it and I'm like okay th- you know these are like the problems that quite a lot of people are facing how can I help that you know how can I solve them mm. for them or help them solve them at least wow. through my content and that's what I try and do what a responsibility. Uh, not going to lie, it really is. I, I, and I do, I try, because, yeah, there's there's two things with sort of your account getting bigger. There's the negative comments, which are one thing. But what I find more difficult is the amount of, like, positive things and people wanting, like I said, like, tailored help or, like, people, even just people, like, wanting to have a chat and be, like, friendly you know I get a lot of people who will respond to one of my stories and then we'll have a little like chat about that and then they'll be like oh so how how is your day been and I'm like I don't like I would love to be able to engage in all sorts of conversations like that but I'm having to learn and train myself because I'm not very good at boundaries I'm having to train myself to put put in boundaries and uh you know because I could just sit there and message people all like all day long and I get quite stressed at the idea of someone thinking that I'm ignoring them. Mm. But just, if anybody's listening, I'm not ignoring. I never <laughs> ignore and I always read and I try, but it's, yeah, it's it's 
it's because everything's just grown so massively for me over the past year mm. it's like I can't do the things that I used to be able to do when I was a yeah. tiny little account with 3,000 followers mm. like it's not the same anymore and that's great because it means that my like the things that I'm putting out there are being seen by like more people but I do sometimes feel a bit guilty because mm. I'm like oh there's like I I always said that I would always reply to everybody and that's definitely not as easy as it sounds no no I can imagine it must be really quite overwhelming mm. um, but um, I remember last time we talked about the importance of curating your social media feed and now we talked about various comments you get and people want advice so once and for all what advice would you give to people in terms of um, getting a better self-esteem and better relationship to your body I know you're a big reader have you yeah. read any good books you can recommend so ab- like absolutely and so I personally think what has really helped me is I have really tried through kind of books books and podcasts and things but also other people's Instagram accounts um, and just doing my own research I've worked really hard to um, inform myself about facts and sort of the science behind like dieting and why it doesn't work and why it's all kind of essentially why most of our insecurities have been created by the diet and beauty industries to make money from us Mm. and the more sort of research I do into that the angrier I get and the more I'm like I should not feel bad about any of these Mm -hmm. things because if I do I'm essentially just feeding into that narrative and I do not want to do that anymore and the way that I've done that is there's a few books that I would really recommend uh well there's there's so the first one i always recommend to everyone it's over there on that shelf uh (laughs) is um it's called just eat it and it's by laura thomas and she is i'm gonna get it wrong but she basically owns the i think it's like the london society for intuitive eating or it's something like that um and basically the book is about teaching you to unlearn everything you thought you knew about like your body about diet about like food and stuff like that unlearn it all and then relearn how to eat uh, or how to view food as sort of not neither good nor bad and just you know listening learning to listen to your body again like you did when you were a child um because yeah the whole ethos behind intuitive eating is that you intuitive you intuitively know what you need to eat and you did, you know, as a child, you would sort of eat a certain amount and then you'd stop when you were full. Yeah. Or, you know, you'd you'd sort of reach for something that your body was telling you that it needed intuitively. And we lose that ability um, because diet culture creeps into our lives like earlier and earlier, I guess. Um, so that book is great if you want to sort of start healing your relationship yeah. with food. And I got it for my birthday last year, so about a year ago. And it has genuinely changed my life. It's been mm. brilliant. Mm. But it's also got loads of scientific fact in there. It's got loads of stuff about like fat phobia. Um, it teaches stuff about like um, like movement. And basically the whole ethos is that you should find movement that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, and that makes you feel good. And it shouldn't be about like, you know, numbers and mm. whatever. I subscribe to her newsletter. So I get yeah. my email. Uh, She's brilliant, yeah. isn't she? So good. It's a good like little reminder. I think it's every month. Yeah. I don't actually subscribe to that, so I should. I recommend that. But yeah. I recommend the book to everyone. Um, I know that she's also got like a new one that's come out that goes alongside it that's like a workbook. Okay. I haven't got it, but 
it looks good yeah. so maybe check that out but she's also got a podcast it's called mm. um don't salt my game and um, so if you're more of a podcast person that's a good one to listen mm. to um, th- yeah, it's really, really important what you say now, the correlation between diet culture and capitalism. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> and it's really opened my eyes to it. And I'm just like, okay, well, bullshit. It's all bullshit and I don't want to buy into mm-hmm. it anymore. So I yeah. try not to as much as possible. But I think mm. educating yourself is really good because it also just... it. The more that you do that, the more you feel like confident in your decisions. So like when I listened to my the podcast we recorded a year ago, I, I knew that I sort of felt a certain way, but I wasn't very confident in the way that I spoke about it. And I still was questioning a lot of things because I didn't have the facts. Yeah. And now that I have the facts and the science, I'm like, I know I'm right. Yeah. I know I can do this. <laughs> I know I want to tell other people to do it too. So I think that can be really, really helpful because also you can crack out you know if somebody has a dig at you for like you know what you're eating at at Christmas with your family or whatever um you can bring out some facts and throw them at them and then shut them up basically yeah um on my to be read list as well are two books so one is called food isn't medicine and that's by dr joshua walrich i haven't heard about that so he is basically he's a doctor um quite a young doctor and he basically talks about how he used to think that he couldn't be a good doctor because he was overweight so he lost a lot of weight um, and then now he's essentially realized that that's bullshit mm. <laughs> and he talks a lot about like fat phobia within like uh, medicine and um, like his book food isn't medicine has just come out and it is all about sort of debunking like what he calls nutribollocks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things about like detoxing and like not, mm. you know, how you shouldn't eat carbs and blah, blah, blah. And it's massive, it's chunky. Okay. And I've got it. Um, and so that's next on my to be read list. And I think that will be really helpful. So, you know, I can't vouch for it necessarily because I haven't read it, but it's got really good reviews and yeah, everything. Yeah. And he's brilliant. So you should definitely follow him on Instagram. Okay. He has been a really good sort of voice of reason about it's yeah about the medical field, which is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. Mm. Um, and then also the other one that I've recently bought is called The Joy of Being Selfish, and that's by Michelle Elman. Do you know her? No, so she again, she's on Instagram. She's um, at Scarred Not Scared, mm-hmm. and she talks about like body image and sort of self worth and things. Um, and so, so I did therapy this year. That was a big thing for me as well, actually. I was lucky enough to be able to invest in some therapy sessions and they have taught me that I am not very good at setting boundaries mm-hmm. and I care too much about sort of what other people think and I, I base my decisions around how they'll affect other people rather than what I actually want, which might sound like I'm just a really selfless person, but actually it's not great because it means that things happen like you build up resentment and Mm. you know you also just people see you as like someone who can be easily manipulated which is true (laughs) and stuff so I've been really trying to work on that and improve that element of my life which isn't necessarily so much to do with body image but it's more about self-worth yeah um it's all connected of course yeah exactly so Michelle Ellman has written a book called The Joy of Being Selfish and it's all about setting boundaries and I am desperate to read it because that's something that I need in all aspects of my life. So the Instagram stuff, but also just my personal life and stuff like that. And, you know, friendships, relationships, um, setting boundaries with myself. 
So I'm really excited. And yeah. so they are they are some things to look into yeah, if you want to yeah. do some reading. I would recommend those. Yeah, I haven't heard about them. So yeah, they're both quite new. Those two that I mentioned, mm-hmm. but I uh, I got some uh, some birthday money, so I was like, <laughs> that's what <laughs> yes. I want. I want to educate myself. Perfect investment. <laughs> yeah, myself. exactly. Yeah. And I also want to add um, I Way the podcast with Jamila Jamil. Yeah, I haven't uh, actually listened to that. It's you know, so good. Like she invites different people every episode, and uh, they talk a lot about like uh, like we talked about now as well correlation between diet culture and capitalism. Yeah, and um, you know she's had different doctors on there, so it's a mix of like celebrities and, and like uh, professionals. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend that as well. Nice one. On there you go. That's yeah. a that's a, a very good little collection of things to dig into. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so my last question, I just want to ask uh, you, what's the plan for the future? Uh, what do you dream about? <laughs> Well, I mean, I keep dreaming that I've murdered someone and uh, I'm trying to cover it up. So that's what I dream about. <laughs> I don't know what that says. I've had like three of those dreams in the past week. But hopefully that's not actually what's in my future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have no idea. Like, I literally, I don't know. Because, like, things have sort of spiralled so much over this past year that I haven't really had time to, like, sit and think about what I want. Um like at the moment it's becoming something that I can sort of do as a little like side hustle and it's making me a bit of money so I don't know how that's going to develop like what I'm very conscious of is that I don't want to lose my integrity like at the moment I do a few like ads here and there but not loads and I turn down you know I'm not relying on that income so I turn down things that I don't sort of agree with or 100% sort of feel is what my audience want to see or you know Whereas what worries me that is that if it became like a full-time job, I wouldn't have that option. That's So I'm not sure that I would ever want it to be like my full-time thing. Mm-hmm. But I would like to do sort of other things aside from just my Instagram. So I've talked about the fact that I'd really like to write a book at some mm. point. Mm. Um, I've been sort of looking into that. I think I want to do that maybe after this summer because this summer's going to be really busy mm-hmm. and I want to make the most of like all the sort of free time yeah, and stuff yeah. and being able to do things. But maybe sort of next winter I might start planning that. Um, I think I'd want it to be about uh, the childhood element of things because I think that's just something that I haven't really seen any literature around mm. kind of like growing up fat if you see what I mean, mm-hmm. um, and then sort of helping people then to do what I've done and unlearn those years of diet culture. So it would be like a mixture of like little biographical mm. sort of stories and anecdotes yeah. and things, and then like uh, practical tips and sort of help, yeah. if you see what I mean. That's a key word, you said that, unlearn. Yeah. And, like <laughs> habits. Exactly. That's more difficult than learning, I think. Oh my God, so difficult because you're just, yeah, you're programmed to think a certain way and um, yeah so that <laughs> but then I've also thought about things like I'd like to do more speaking because mm-hmm. I really enjoy it it scares me um and that's good I think mm-hmm. so I because I enjoyed podcasting and things like that and I find that quite easy-ish mm. <laughs> it's not too stressful <laughs> but I'd quite like to do maybe like some public speaking mm. even just the thought of it terrifies me but I'd, <laughs> I'd like to do that because yeah. I'd like to prove my, to myself that I can I love that um and I've even thought like this is obviously like quite a big thing but I thought like, oh I'd quite like to do like a kind of festival of some kind because I love festivals and the idea of like maybe one day in a few years putting on like a kind of 
self-love festival. Like sounds amazing. I mean, I'd go. I'd buy a ticket. So hopefully, other people would. Um, You can come and let me know if you think that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know that it's that it's you know worthwhile. But yeah, just things like that. And Mm. I think I just tend to. I'm not a big goal setter. In fact, I'm not a goal setter at all. I hate I hate like planning for the future because I just find that. I think I worry that like if I do that it won't happen and then oh, I'll, okay. I'll you know find that difficult and I feel disappointed in myself mm. so I tend to sort of just take things as they come but I am sort of starting to be like okay I can because I because I've seen other like people other activists and stuff get to this stage um with the kind of following that I have and do like amazing things so mm. I'm like oh, maybe I could do some amazing things that would be nice yeah of course but yeah you're we'll already see. doing so much <laughs> but I'm really excited to to see where it's all going to yeah. read your book to go to your festival <laughs> it all sounds amazing you'll be on the on the press list don't worry <laughs> oh yeah okay <laughs> Um, but yeah, where can people find you? So you can find me, the best place is just Instagram. So I'm at a spoonful of Alice. I also have a blog, but I'm not very good at keeping up with that. So in the Instagram is probably the place I would say. Yeah. So find me there. Yeah, definitely do it now. <laughs> but thank you so much, Alice. No, thank you. Thank mm. you so much. I had such a nice time. Yeah, same. <laughs> so many good insights. So yeah. thank you. I'm very excited to listen back. <laughs> Love